Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And unfortunately, absent this week is super producer Riley Bray. So I'll be filling in those uh, Bigfoot size shoes and engineering <laughs> this week's episode. So if it sounds shittier than usual, don't blame Riley. Bray. Blame your old blame pal, Michael. Michael. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're going to do great, kid. Thanks. Thanks. I, I think I got this after picking up on a few things after, you know, uh, four plus years of doing this. Um. Get excited, kids, because this episode, we're all going to school, okay? That's right. <laughs> That's how That's you right. get kids excited, right? Tell them that they <laughs> have to go to school. Well, it's like Harry, it's like wizard, it's like Harry Potter's school, you know? It's exactly. Like it's school. Hogwarts, okay? Hogwarts, like, thank you. Yeah. Harry Big Potter BCC's school. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the castle up on the, where, yeah. they, where, they, where they do the wizard yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, they call it, yeah, in the books, they call it Harry Potter school. <laughs> It's just like before he was even alive. That's what they called it. Uh, That's the one. Yeah. 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 Harry Potter school. Well, exactly. Because we're getting into some really cool stuff with uh, a special guest. It's a BCC expert episode. Bryce and I had the pleasure of talking to the man behind the mysterious Sierra sounds. Those weird Mm -hmm. Bigfoot calls Bryce covered a couple weeks ago in BCC episode 185, I believe it was. Uh, That's right. Ron Moorhead. We have Ron Moorhead on the show today. Yeah, yeah, dude. For the first time, we're going to be talking to, I think, a guest who like was in the actual story of High Strangeness. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, it's about I'm kind time. of blown away. I'm like, okay, cool. This will be <laughs> this will be fun. Yeah, and it was like uh, I was really surprised. You'll hear the conversation uh which we pre-recorded before doing this but um i was really surprised like where it went and it was like a pretty cool like he's a he's not just grounded in the bigfoot realm is what i'll say right. and i was i was excited about where the, the the areas the conversation went i mean if you are a long time 
club scout, then, you know, he hits all the BCC notes in this one. So, well, I think it's like so many of us and what we've, you know, people we've talked to when they have these strange experiences, like a demon peering in your window or an alien gray pulling back your curtain. It's, you know, it sends you down this rabbit hole. You, you want to start learning more about, all this stuff Bryce, and these things and if an alien you know, is pulling back my curtains that means he's in my apartment and they do not want that. i know i thought you'd like that yeah uh, <laughs> i'm outside coming home and he's at the window waiting for me yeah i'm oh, not going back God. i gotta get my dog so so i guess i gotta go go in yeah, there you gotta go in what are you gonna do um yeah i i love hearing about this you know incident which he says in the interview became the highlight of his being, which I thought yeah. was such a cool thing to say. Yeah. Um, something a, happened. Something yeah. incredible happened up in those mountains. So, Yep. All right. Well, before we get to our conversation with Ron, we have a little clubhouse keeping to attend to. Don't forget, we have BCC merch for sale over at our Public shop. You can click the link tree in our bio on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club or on Twitter at Bigfoot Pod or go to wearecampfire.media and smash that shop button. I don't know if people are still saying that, but I am in this moment. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, you can really show your love and support for the show by joining our Patreon, BCC The Other Side. For five bucks a month, you get three bonus episodes, plus access to our entire backlog of exclusive BCC episodes, which is around 175 drops at this point, oh I God. think. It's like it's like the shadow side to uh, to the BCC. It's, yes. It completes the, the Jungian archetype. So, yes. I mean, there's basically just as much content over there as there is on the main feed. It's our it's, shadow side. It's Come the Bob us. to our Dale Cooper. And <laughs> Bryce, if you had it still watched Twin Peaks, you would know what that reference <sighs> oh, meant. Man. Um, on our latest Patreon app, we take a look at a treasure trove of paranormal videos Bryce collected, all purportedly showing strange activity in and around Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, right. Listen to that episode exclusively and watch along with us because we post all the uh, the links to the videos. Um, it's like a little, you know, those old uh, Peter Pan record books that we had when we were little boys where you yeah. would like play the record and read read along to the story and then you get this really scary tone that told you when to turn the page that frightened me <laughs> as a little boy <laughs> intense but uh, it's like one of those uh you can listen to that exclusively over at patreon.com slash bigfoot collectors club and finally don't forget to subscribe to bcc or follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode and please uh, give us a five-star review, would you? If you do, we might read it on the show like this one from Apple Podcasts. Love this podcast. Five stars, says Stretch Woodward. Uh, <laughs> Woodard, <laughs> this is literally my first review I've ever written on anything. I love this so much. Great guests, great crew. Love the stories of high strangeness. Turn me from being skeptical to a believer in aliens. I'm always on the lookout for Bigfoot. I now look up in the skies to look for UFOs. That's new for me. Love. Oh, thank you. This, this review made my day today. I was like, you know, this is why we do what we do. 
You got that that review got you because uh, I, I sent a photo of that over to you and it got the the good old two exclamation points. Yeah, I love that. I like because look, we're all on this journey together. You, me, our listeners, we're all sort of exploring the unknown together, and we've come a long way. We're learning so fucking much. Yeah, I mean. I don't know if I'm learning or if I'm yeah, just collecting, <laughs> you know, collecting information, you know. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe that's you know? the truth. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'll tell you what, this is an awesome conversation that we had with Ron Moorhead. So let's, let's, without further ado, let's just get into it. Let's do it. All right. Here's our conversation with Ron Moorhead from the Sierra Sounds. Okay. Our guest this week first encountered Bigfoot over 50 years ago. Oh, I got to say 45. Okay, here we go. Okay, our guest this week first encountered Bigfoot over 45 years ago in the high Sierra Mountains of California. Since then, he has traveled the world in search of answers. He's an adventurer, researcher, entrepreneur, experiencer of high strangeness, and author of two books, Voices in the Wilderness and The Quantum Bigfoot. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Ron Moorhead. Woo! Okay. How's it going, Ron? <laughs> hey, Ron. <laughs> well, there you are. By the way, it's 50 years now. You must have read that five years ago. <laughs> uh, I was going to add 50. I didn't want to put it. I was like, you know, I'll keep it 45. It sounds like. Uh, well, that's, you're right. that's what I had in my book, I think. But anyway. Good to be with Amazing. you guys. Thank you. It's great to have you here, Ron. We're so excited. I know that uh, we both have a lot of questions for you. Uh, Bryce, why don't you just get into it? You're the Bigfoot expert around here. Yes, absolutely. Ron, I, I don't know if you know this, but I think you're the first guest we've ever had uh, who is the actual subject of one of our stories of high strangeness. Of course, I'm talking about the episode we did a few weeks ago, BCC episode 185, The Sierra Sounds. But, you know, for those of us in our audience who don't know what the Sierra Sounds are, can you give us a brief summary? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, well, it happened in uh, 1971 when we was in the Sierras, and uh, we ran across these creatures, and they started coming into our camp. We came out and went back in with tape recorders, and they came back again. And uh, that kind of began the saga of this Bigfoot Sounds, Sierra Sounds stuff. That's incredible. <laughs> uh, Gets, uh, but it started in 1971. If you want me to give you the whole rundown, uh, I, no, I no, to that's the, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was, I was gonna say, I mean, but but it happened more than than just one time. I mean, this is an experience that you guys experienced, I don't know what, maybe a dozen times or so. Oh, no, I can't count them. Wow, it was up there. I've been going up there for years. I mean, I go up there every chance I got during the 70s and uh. And uh, we'd run into them, or they wouldn't come in. You never knew if they was going to happen or not. But yeah, we uh, had encounters uh, off and on. It's, it's eight miles in the wilderness, by the way, and it's uh, really imposing to get to. 8,400 feet elevation, so you can't go there in the wintertime. The Sierra Nevada mountains are pretty snowed in. So anyway, it was uh, quite a thrilling time. And now- uh, we the ride horses and pack stuff in, and supplies, and stuff like that. So, why do you why do you think you you had been in this area before prior to this prior to the first time hearing the sounds correct no i had not okay the johnson brothers had they started going there in 1958 and i didn't get involved until 71 when the other hunters went up there with the johnson brothers after they told a story about these things coming around the camp and that's right 
And one of the guys uh, got scared off. He just, he just, he just freaked him out. <clears throat> he started shaking, and he left the next morning. Left a note said, and "Anyway, he he won't go back. Even to this day, he doesn't go back." But wow. uh, he was a very religious person, and he just didn't know where to put that in his paradigm. I think a lot but, of right. people are like that, you know. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, whatever they are. They're huge. They're big, and they can freak you out because you know there's nobody else around. <laughs> yeah, Ron, did and, you uh, ever? Did you ever have any sort of not what was your pre-existing knowledge of Bigfoot before those first encounters? I mean, did you really give this, you know, creature much thought? Not much. No, I, I knew about the Patterson film, but uh, you know, the what came out in the Humboldt paper up there in Northern California was there was some wild Indian that was just loose, and uh, that's mm. that's that's how they played it then. Wow. wow. I, I didn't think about much of it until after this, and then I started researching giants. Mostly, I started researching the history of giants where they could what they could be because they're not supposed to be any on this planet right now mm-hmm. at least we didn't think so then and uh i then i watched the patterson film after that and uh, i met roger patterson in 1978 I think oh i didn't was. know that no not oh, no wow. excuse me uh, bob gimlin not bob roger. Gimlin, yeah. roger roger passed away yeah uh yeah bob stopped by my house in uh, merced california in 1978 on his way with some horses to go ride the uh mountains i guess and Anyway, uh, that's how it kind of started. Uh, I went up by the one of the, the guy who got scared off uh, came out and told the wives, "Yeah, what Johnson said is true. There's something up there. Some kind of monster up there." Wow! And uh, the guys didn't come out when they were supposed to. So at that time, you know, didn't know what they were dealing with, uh, whether it was going to eat them or carry them away or what was going on. So they they wanted him to go back and check them out because the guys hadn't got back and. He wouldn't go by himself, so I went back with him, and we got up there. The guys were just packing up to take off, so they got out before dark, and I, we came out with them. And it's a good thing they let me ride one of their horses because I was about dead. <laughs> my legs were my legs. <laughs> this guy that took me up there was like a mule, and I, I, I thought I was in good shape. But you get up to, you know, you're from the valley, the San Joaquin Valley, which is almost sea level, 155 feet, and you try to walk up uh you leave the trail at six thousand feet and you get up to eighty four hundred feet you go up to over yeah. ten thousand feet to get there then you drop in and out of places and man so it's uh, more than imposing. what i've done in a while <laughs> <laughs> well i haven't done i, I went up there in 2018 with david pilates to do that filming on the 411 the missing oh one. yeah that was such a great segment by the way <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was and, so uh, great. yeah they had, they did a real good job on reproducing uh, what happened up there that light yeah. and all that happened to me and uh and my wife in 2016. Yeah, that was we such a there. that was such a strange uh, add to your story. Was this, you know, strange light that sort of meandered through your camp? Now, listen, when I say strange, that's that doesn't mean that much these days because I'm talking to people <laughs> these days. It's like it seems more and more these strange lights are sort of accompanying these these Bigfoot encounters, um, which kind of asked me. I, I have a question, Ron. You know, I. I know you experience a lot of what we call on this show high, high strangeness, like the noises and, and even the lights we just talked about. At what point with these creatures did you start to entertain the idea that something weird was going on beyond just a North American wood ape visiting your campsite? Well, when we started hearing sounds you couldn't, uh, you couldn't find the source <laughs> of. Right. I mean, not, not the vocalizations, but the sounds, like the tuning fork that you mentioned in your, yeah. your talk earlier. and. Also, we 
thought we the camp was being tore apart. It was inside the shelter, and, and we thought our cans were being strung out and the barrels were being tore off. And we looked out there later when all the course had stopped and nothing had moved or changed. And so weird. How do you account for that? I mean, no idea. <laughs> it's just I, weird. Didn't you say you heard like a car door shutting? That's at some point? the part yeah, like, that freaks me yeah. out the most is the sound of the car door slamming and not knowing what that is. Well, you, it's, yeah, what do you think it is? <laughs> what do you do? It sounds like a car door slamming. And, and also they, you think yeah. you heard a herd of horses coming down towards you, and there's no, <sighs> that's not happening. So what I think, uh, I think these things can, they have a really expanded vocal mechanism, much, mm. much more different than what we have. Uh, and uh, the, According to Dr. Curlin's report, of professor of electroengineering, they're, they're inside and outside the average human range. Right, mm. and when you get to that, okay, that's kind of unique. You know, that means yeah. Well, we knew they were making some weird noises and there's weird sounds going on up there. Also, metallic sounds would happen. Yeah, and uh, you, you wonder if they're not making those sounds with their vocal mechanism or just what it is. You don't know, and right. so it's, it's a strange thing. Well, yeah. this is. I mean, this is going to sound silly, but you know, my my sister has parrots. She's got a couple parrots, and these tiny little things can recreate. <clears throat> you know human voices uh one of them does r2d2 they can they can recreate songs so if like i mean i it's in the realm of my imagination that yeah there would be an animal no that could mimic you know not to compare like a sasquatch or a bigfoot to like a little (laughs) parrot but if a little parrot can do it then maybe it's possible these things can really mimic a wide range of sounds that are not even necessarily vocal sounds things that they've heard in the woods you know I i believe that absolutely yes yeah, in fact, there's times when I thought I heard a, a owl up there. My daughter and I were up there, and we heard this owl whooping. And I, uh, I thought, well, I'll turn my tape recorder on and record that thing. When I turned my tape recorder on, that owl or my tape recorder turned into—I had the speaker switch on, and it, it squealed. And that owl turned into a chatter, a Bigfoot chatter. What? <laughs> so uh, I think Dang. you know, I think they can mimic just about whatever they want to. Yeah. Uh, but they have a really different vocal mechanism. And we gotta gotta get into that because that's very important. I think the fact that they have a language according to the human definition of language. Yeah, I mean that's absolutely fascinating. But you know what? What I don't think what can be explained by just mimicking are those strange clicking noises that seem to follow you and your buddy home. What the hell is that? I have no idea. Uh, it sounded like it's a clicking noise. Started off out of the stove area. We was inside the shelter, got in our sleeping bags, and this clicking noise just started getting closer and closer and. And all of a sudden, it was inside the shelter, and our shelter door was closed. And we turned our lights on and stopped immediately. And then so we mm-hmm. turned the lights off, it started up again, back and forth. And finally, it just stopped. And then, but later on, down at my, my ranch, down in Cal, down in the uh, Merced area, I uh, was out irrigating, and uh, I heard the same clicking sound. And I, I looked around, I'm trying to see what could be doing that. And it's, yeah. it's daytime, obviously. And I couldn't find a source of that. Uh, I asked Bill McDowell, my good friend, who my packing buddy, and he was there that night when the clicking was going on, if he ever had anything happen without cluing him on what I was going to ask him. But if he ever had anything happen outside of the, uh, when he's down at his house, he's got, he had 60 acres, I think, down there too. And he, yeah. Yeah. I, he said, I had that clicking sound happen to me out there. Wow. And uh, I, <laughs> well, that's pretty good cooperation, you know. Yeah. But something, I don't know how they do it, but I, I had to get in. Uh, Al Berry had a 
master's degree in science. He said, stay with science. So longest time we didn't talk about this craziness that went on up there. And right. I just talked to Bill here a few months ago in California. He, he said, I said, why don't you come and do a show with me or talk with me? And he said, oh, I said, it's hard enough to get people to believe in Bigfoot, much less believe the craziness that went on with us up there. Right, right. <laughs> that's how they all feel, the ones that are left. You know, a couple of them died already. So, uh, but we're all getting older. And, well, uh, I think I think the tide is turning. You know, there's some, I mean, there's some is. really incredible researchers out there. And, and, you know, what I'm learning is the more that you follow up with people's encounters, more often than not, you start to hear about other little incidents, let's call them, other sort of strange activity like like that clicking following you guys home that's not normal you know and i'm pretty sure you know we don't think bigfoot you know followed you guys back all that way and was doing that from the forest line again something seemed to you know like a like a virus like attach i just think it's such a, <laughs> a it's such a crazy idea you know but well this this whole episode the whole encounters up there that we had got me into the study of uh, what science could possibly uh, account for this stuff yes and it right. got me into quant quantum science because we live in a three-dimensional three uh, uh, world here you know we see in three dimensions and yet science quantum science says there's 11 and uh, if there's other dimensions uh we don't see them you know, totally. you only see within the, the light's parameters. Everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. And and light's frequency is between 440 uh, terahertz and 770 uh, terahertz. And that's all we see. But there's so many other frequencies out there that we don't see. Animals, a lot of animals can see better than we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same way I go into the sound, to infrasound. You know, we don't hear infrasound. We don't hear that's ultrasound. Right. Dogs hear ultrasound. Elephants, tigers, all those things use infrasound to communicate with over miles. Yeah, we don't hear them, but they're there. So we have to understand that there's things we just don't see here. Uh, there are things going on that we don't have. Our attributes as a humans do not take us into that area. So therefore, uh, it gets you into quantum science a little bit. And that's where I went with my second books. I don't know if you guys want to talk about that or not. Yeah, we definitely wanted to. I, I have a couple questions. I don't want to, uh, before we get into it, uh, one is uh, not to hang too long on the clicking sound but when you were hearing this stuff back at your home or when you were out irrigating would the i was just curious would the clicking sound seem to be in different places or was it all coming from a a source that you were like i think it's coming from over here and then would it move it was behind me wherever it was it was behind okay. me i turn around and look and it would wasn't there nothing i could see anything i go again i kept thinking do i have something on me that's making the clicking sound no wow. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't see anything, but I just heard the sounds again. Well, and that leads, weird. yeah, that is weird. And that leads me to the question I had about the quantum stuff and the interdimensional stuff. You know, this is obviously mm -hmm. a, a theory. I mean, we haven't gone too far down, like specifically about quantum physics, just because I think that's a little above Bryce, <laughs> Bryce's and uh, my pay grade. But um, I mean, we, we not, get that we it. not that yeah. we haven't not attempted we, it. I yeah, mean, we've you tried. Know, and we'll try it again here tonight. Yeah, Make no yeah, mistake. yeah. <laughs> but but Good. here, this is the thing that I go back and forth with, with not only Bigfoot, but some of these other cryptid stories, or even when we get into ghosts or UFOs. And I'm curious what you're, you think or what you might imagine is, are these things and coming from 
Do you think they're either, do you think they could be sitting right next to us and we just couldn't see them because of the specter, the visual spectrum? Or do you think that they're actually in another dimension and slipping, it's possible they're slipping in and out of a different dimension? Okay, here's my answer to that. You ready? Great. Yes. <laughs> I, I think don't know. There's different, I think there's <laughs> different kinds because I do believe in UFOs. I do believe there's aliens that have been here. I, I'm sure of that from my trips down to Peru and Bolivia, seeing the remains and and seeing the megalithic structures, I, I am one hundred percent sure that there's other life forms besides us, and uh, they they live, they can live in another dimension. But have they manipulated and messed with the genome of, of uh, different species on this planet in eons past? Some of these things could be just relic hominid, like like Alderman talks about, like science brings them up through you know theory like that. Like, but there's something missing in uh, Darwin's theory, and that's. <laughs> and well, Darwin's theory is just—it doesn't explain consciousness. Doesn't explain uh, right telepathy. It doesn't explain who we are, who we really are inside. And uh, anyway, I forgot where I was going with that. But it was well, going to like, I like I like where he went. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I, just maybe talking I can about pick up on that. Hold, well, I, just talking say. about yeah, in between whether they're slipping in and out of a dimension or okay. if they're. If they're well, tweaking I, the visual okay. spectrum, like able to camouflage themselves. Here we go. And, okay. Here we go. Everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. That's science. That's according to physics. That's Tesla. That's Einstein. Everything's energy. At our most minute level of our existence, we are energy vibrating at a frequency. That's the string theory. And they call it a theory because you'll never see it. It's just there. But they've proven it mathematically and it's accepted worldwide pretty much by uh, theoretical physicists. So if everything is like that, then we are energy. And according to science, um, according to physics, uh, you can never die. Energy can't die. And that's mathematically proven too. Energy can't die. Stephen Hawking said that. So you get that far. And then what happens to us when this body dies? Well, energy that we are has to pass on to another form. It only change forms, according to Einstein. That's all energy can do. It changes forms. It can't die. So if you're religious, you're going to call. You're going to go to heaven. If you're a physicist, you're going to get into another dimension. And mm. what happens after that, even Einstein wouldn't speculate. But you change forms, whatever that is. And yeah. uh, so if these things can somehow change their mass into energy only, that would give the account or that would, that would give the justification, I guess, for what you want to call it, a better word, for people seeing them disappear. Now that yeah. really gets that's gets hard to get your head around because I've had people tell me when I've inter interviewed them for over the years, I saw one disappear. Now, some of these people are very, very straightforward, credible yep. people, and yet they see that happen. Well, what science can possibly answer that? Quantum yeah. physics can answer that because if everything's energy and you can change your mass into energy through some attribute that you have then you wouldn't see them anymore. The trackways would stop because they wouldn't have density anymore. That way the trackways stop because you have all these reports say, well, the trackways uh, just stopped. That's how it does it because there's no more density. Well, now, who knows? Who, you know, uh, who knows? That's, that's, that's a, a rabbit answer. hole if you want to catch yeah, a rabbit no, hole. That's a <laughs> that, that echoes a lot of work that, you know, we, we've spoken to Linda S. Godfrey, who she writes about in, you know, Monsters Among Us, about these tracks just stopping in the middle of a snowy field. Uh -huh. And, you know, where did they go? Most researchers say, well, a helicopter must have picked them up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's yeah, funny, that's but, ridiculous. I mean, I, I well, they like, write them off as a hoax then. You know? I also like this idea that, you know, 
if they've been around as long as they have, who knows what type of latent or dormant abilities they may have developed uh, with their mind. I mean, we, we became slubbering city dwellers, you know, these things maybe could have mastered uh, psychic phenomena energy, you know, telekinesis, uh, mind speak. I've heard a lot of witnesses, you know, mm-hmm. say they get information just through telepathic communication. Um, perhaps they are able to, you know, maneuver or alter their energy and create a, you know, an, an illusion of camouflage or cloaking, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's not totally out of the, the realm of possibility. Well, we have in our, we have our mindset. We've been taught through Newtonian physics only, which teaches everything has to be measurable and predictable and, and physical or, or, you know, material. And when you get into quantum science, which is just a little over a hundred years old, you find out that that's just not complete. And Newton was a genius, there's no doubt about it. And he gave us, you know, what he gave us. But that's what we all learned in the fifth grade. But now we got to learn, I think there's a learning curve here that we got to get into to understand quantum physics because it's the science that really, according to Professor Blair, West Texas A&M, that works from the atom all the way through the stars. Mm. It's not just in the micro world. I've been yeah. called on the car, well, it just works in the micro world. No, it works throughout the universe. And that's just a fact. And uh, people can call me on that if they want to, but they're going to challenge the professors, not me. <laughs> yeah, what is, what is this? yeah, totally. That's this what is... we need, Bryce. We need professors that can back up what we say on the show. <laughs> well, I've got it. I've got those guys marked. And it's going to get right into some, another little element here, which you're going to lie. I think you're going to like this anyway. And we know Dr. Curlin said their average human range, they're outside the average human range, inside and outside both. Okay, they can they can make sounds like we do, but they can do more than what we can do. Mm-hmm. Then you've got uh, Scott Nelson saying they have language by the human definition of language, which means, and you heard by the recordings, they have a cognizant uh, morphine stream of words, which makes up a sapient sentence like we're talking now. I hope it's sapient. <laughs> and anyway, then, mm-hmm. here we go. Here's the next level. You've got uh, Dr. Lieberman, Brown University, linguistic scientist, uh, he says that only humans have the vocal mechanism for language by, by the human definition, which means a hyoid bone connected into the tongue through the nervous system into the brain so that when I'm looking at something, I can talk about it like I'm talking to you guys right now. Mm-hmm. And you got that. That means there has to be a human component to these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's well, wild. That's interesting, I think. And that's, that puts it way off the And by the way, nobody can copy these sounds. They can't. I, Joe Rogan said he could make the sound. Blah, 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 blah. He can't do it. I challenge him to do it. He won't come for he, He's too big. He's too big. Of a big he's guy. busy he's, right he, now he's anyway. Busy right yeah, now. he's very busy. Very busy. <laughs> you know. Uh, but, but he said that he could mimic that. Well, no, you can't. I, I, you know, nobody can because they step on each other. Scott Nelson says there's no way somebody can mimic that because the frequencies go out of our range and they're yeah. stepping on each other when they're arguing. And yeah, so. Anyway. You know, th- this theory of, 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 things being outside of our visible and audio spectrum. You know, this is kind of a concept that we've talked a little bit about on the show. And it was, there was a, a, a Fordian researcher by the name of John Keel. Are you familiar with his, him or who he was? No, no. Okay. Well, he, he sort of researched paranormal phenomena. He was like a boots on the ground, investigative journalist, traveled all over the world, much like yourself in a sense. But, you know, he came up with this, uh, he called it the super spectrum theory that this 
this world of the paranormal, you know, and it includes strange lights and big hairy monsters, as he called them, BHMs and large birds and all other types of phenomena exist on this on this super spectrum that's outside of our audio and visual range, you know, and it, and there's a, it, there's a consciousness to it. There's a sentience to this phenomenon and it interacts with us as a human species and, and it can operate and reveal itself in different guises and in different ways. And it can interact with us uh, all just coming in at the right frequency to create, you know, us to be able to see things, to hear things, to experience all different types of, you know, even altered states of consciousness. But um, I don't know. What do you, what do you, what is your take on the word paranormal when, when it gets into this stuff? Or do you think it can all just sort of, you know, there's a, a I don't want to say a mundane basis for it in science, but do you think it's just science unexplained yet? Yeah. You get into paranormal, the woo, um, all that stuff. Uh, it's really, well, even Tesla said, what one man calls God, another man calls quantum physics. Hmm. So, you know, it's just out of our, three-dimensional environment that we live in. But I don't think we've been shortchanged as humans. I think we're very special as humans. I think we have those attributes. We just have not evolved into them. You mentioned earlier that maybe the Bigfoot has or some of these things have over the eons. Maybe they have. Hmm. Uh, I know what we dealt with up there had something special going on and something very, quote-unquote, paranormal. Right. But uh, I don't know that all of them are that way. I, I do believe that over eons, they, they, they probably crossbred some of them have crossbred or inbred with uh, indigenous people and they've become more human-like than uh, than some of the others and that would give account for the trackways being different or the tracks that they leave could be different that way and uh it just yeah there's all kinds of things could be out there that could be some right around you right now because they're just an energy source mm. and you can talk about ghosts and stuff like that well they're just in the fourth dimension their vibrational frequency has not got high enough to get out of this world <laughs> right and, when you die, you're going to change forms. But if you're stuck, if you didn't get your vibrational high, if you didn't do everything right and answer, here, I'm talking too fast. Let me say no, this. No, we're <laughs> not at all. We're <laughs> following with you. We love this. <laughs> Let me say this. Life is just about experiences, but it's not just the experience. It's how we respond to the experience. Mm. That's what counts for our vibrational frequency to get higher so we can transfer into a fifth, sixth, whatever dimension we're going to go to. Right. Or do we have to? Try it again. I believe in multiple embodiments, and I wasn't raised that way. I was raised religious, but I'm not religious now. But we're definitely spiritual, like it or not, we are. Yeah. Because we're all beings that's going to continue on. And what happens after that? If you have not raised your frequency high enough, you have not responded to things properly. That means love and compassion, by the way, when I say properly. Oh. Means when some old lady so is not just her, good behavior. Okay, good. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm full of love and compassion, Ron. Good behavior, not so much. <laughs> it's, it's when somebody, some little old lady in front of you has doubled her medication. She sits there at a red light and when it turns green and won't go and you get mad. No, give her, give her compassion. Yeah. You know, I'm saying... That's the secret, I think, to get yourself ahead and to get mm. to get into the what we're all planned and supposed to be in, in the afterlife, wherever it is. Or you're going to have to come back again and respond to things again. you got to learn one way or the other. If you don't learn from your past and learn how to respond properly, I think you're going to be in trouble. But we're getting I off mean, the beat track that, here. No, that's okay, man. That's I love this stuff. That's That's the great work, right? That's the philosopher's stone. That's what we're all... 
that's what we're all trying to do here, man, is just raise our frequency, raise our vibration, become the best mm-hmm. versions of ourselves. And By the way, you don't get sick anymore either. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, <laughs> man, uh, just trying to figure out how, how Bigfoot all comes up all into this, you know? Yeah, um, well, they're, they're a source of energy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they have forms and they can... Hey, you guys know about Skinwalker Ranch, I'm sure. Oh, my oh, God, we do we ever. Absolutely do. Here's okay. what here's the thing. We got to take a quick quick break and get a little uh, compassion from our sponsors. And then when we come back, <laughs> let's let's get into the, a little bit of that, because that's been a it's been a topic on the show recently. So uh, we'll we'll be right back. All right. We're speaking with Ron Moorhead of the Sierra Sounds. We are getting into it i love this yeah we're talking energy we're talking bigfoots we're talking compassion um and 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 you brought up skinwalker ranch right before the uh the break um what is your what have you ever been out there ron i've flown over my plane a, a time or two heading back to utah uh, it's it's in Utah. By the way, I head back that way. I've mm-hmm. never been in it. No, I got invited there one time. I couldn't go at the time, but uh, I uh, I wouldn't mind going there. You know, they talk about the portals and uh, you know shape shifting and because yeah, if it's, everything's energy, you know, they can change into something else. Maybe. Well, that uh, place is an energy zone. That's for uh, sure. and portals. You know, the, somebody started making fun of portals here a while back, and I called them on it. I said, you know. <laughs> NASA's NASA's been studying portals for for years and years. The portals exist. It's a it's a magnetic energy field, and and they they're out there. What what makes them? Were I haven't figured it out yet. I don't know if anybody else has not. But they supposedly have one there at the Skinwalker Ranch, and they've actually seen some Bigfoot type creatures coming out. Yes, we uh, just did. I we just did this yeah. on our Patreon. It's one of my favorite pictures ever. You're talking mm-hmm. about they were doing a night investigation in one of their blinds on the ranch and two of the scientists saw this sort of portal open up and out comes it. Something grabs the edges and and just comes right out of it legs and all and up walking away bipedally into the tree line. Just fucking <laughs> insane. And now they tell somebody that, and nobody's going to believe them for it. Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, I do too. I mean, so yeah. uh, it's, it's really almost... difficult. It's difficult to get people to wrap their head around physics and how how things really are working in our universe. And uh, we we tend to live in a bubble here, just thinking, yeah. well, our life starts and it ends, and that's it, no more. But there's more going on. There's more we should try to become aware of. I know people that won't even talk about this stuff. You can't even get to first base with it right and uh, so it's just uh amazing how people do not open their minds and if you got an open mind you're you you can you can catch up with this but if you don't you're never gonna you're never gonna be anywhere else than where you are if you don't open up your mind yeah ron do you do you think this phenomenon is is messing with us because it almost sounds like sometimes when you hear these stories you're like it's almost as if it, whatever it is, or they are, know that if we were to share this information, we would sound insane. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Well, I know they play with you. Yeah, they played with us up there. We didn't know it at the time. We so be trying to be serious, you know, but they were messing with us. And, uh, they, yeah, they mess with people. I mean, uh, yes. I think there's a lot of aliens, uh, different types of aliens from different vibrational frequencies that are, are here on Earth or have been on Earth. And I think that they probably uh, can mess with you. You know, I, there's probably a hybridization program going on. I feel like that's 
probably pretty for sure, where uh, they've messed with the genome of, of primates or different species and created what they want to, either experimental or hybridization to to possibly acclimate their species to this environment. Mm. And uh, that's uh, you're going to see more and more of this as time goes on. And I think we're being inundated right now through the media and through even our government now that they say you can believe in UFOs. Well, wow, wow. Now we know that wasn't a weather balloon <laughs> at Roswell, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so now, you... now that... Sorry, go on. Go ahead. I just... Oh no, no! I I was just gonna say, and you know, I I have plans to make make you know further of these connections later down the road. But what you're talking about is absolutely true. The government is interested in places like Skinwalker Ranch and interested in phenomena like strange lights and UAPs and and big hairy monsters, as John Keel would call them, and cryptids and portals. They're interested, and they're spending money studying these you know phenomena. So, you know, maybe that the What's I always say, you know, that that UFO topic has sort of diminished in its taboo-ness and, and maybe the same will happen for Bigfoot. But I, I think people's minds are starting to change. You know, those old school camps of just we're flesh and blood. We don't want to hear about the fucking UFOs that happened mm-hmm. around Bigfoot. And, you know, and you have the UFO people who feel the same. But I think I think people are starting to co-mingle and, and ideas are being shared, even like yours, just, you know. Uh, under trying to understand these quantum ideas that might be associated with Bigfoot. Mm. Do you think people are starting to sort of open up to this idea that we live in a much stranger world than we could ever suppose? I do. And I try to present that in my programs. I just spoke last weekend in Washington and, you know, there was people there just flesh and blood. They said, just, well, I, I, I come right out with my program. I said, nothing, nothing is just flesh and blood. <laughs> right. There's more going on than meets the eye. And I get into all this stuff, you know, and I get into the quoting physicists and, and what, they, what they've done and what they've proved and what's been established and, uh, and try to get them out of their small little paradigm that they're in and open up their minds. But yeah, there's, a, there's a, a curve coming to humanity, I think, and we're all going to have our eyes open better before too long. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be inundated with more UFOs and you're going to see more aliens that are not hybrids because you're probably seeing hybrids off and on. You don't even know it. Man. Uh, so what I would just, be what do, would you consider what you guys heard up in the high sears now years later are you thinking okay that's a species that's been around a terrestrial sp- species or are you coming around to the idea that maybe what you heard out there was you know one of these hybrids that you're talking about I think, and I, I don't know this, but just my kind of leaning towards these, what we dealt with up there was strictly alien. They're just mm, huge, wow. huge animals. Uh, just because they're, I hear people tell me they, they heard the same kind of sounds that we recorded and all that, and they've seen these tracks like we've got, but nobody tapes it like we did. We just got lucky. And I think it's so I can talk to guys like you on these programs to maybe help people who are experiencing some of these things yeah. understand. Uh, what we dealt with up there, uh, I, I've often wondered why we didn't see them more often. I only got glimpses of them a few times. My daughter saw them three times, but some of the other guys got glimpses. But uh, could they cloak? Could they been? <laughs> could they been around more? And we just didn't see them because mm-hmm. they were making some weird, weird noises and sounds that we couldn't identify some of them. Uh, so. 
Uh, yeah, I think what we're dealing with might have been, uh, well, they had a big foot. There's no doubt about that. Uh, they procreate because there was a small one up there. We're sure of that from mm. the tracks. And uh, But I think when they're in our dimension, our third dimensional environment, by the way, I think maybe they live underground. They not all just disappear on you. Some right. Yeah. Get into underground. Slip into networks. some cave networks. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of those around. And uh, anyway, uh, where was I going with all that? Well, just uh, talking about whether these you thought these things were terrestrial or alien. And oh, it sounds yeah. like mm-hmm. maybe they're slipping in from someplace. Well, you know, uh, in uh, 2012, Huffington Post uh, got a quote out of a 1888 newspaper that said there was a rancher, some ranchers, and some Native Americans together, and they saw this this small moon coming down, and three crazy bears jumped out of it. Oh, yeah. right. Well, what's that? Uh, that's I think the first. It's a UFO Bigfoot pilot. Of a UFO, <laughs> and so and they also said twenty percent of, and I, I agree with this. Twenty percent of Bigfoot sightings are have a UFO connection to it. And uh, well, I seen a UFO up there once. I mean, it just was a big blue ball comes down from the sky, very controlled, oh, lost wow. behind the trees, and this was when the Bigfoot stuff was going on. Oh, so what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and was that out is, in the mountains? <laughs> Yes, that was up there at our city wow. camp. Wow. I mean that 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 just there's got to be a connection. I, I'm not. Well, quite there, I think there is, is and, but... and there's just uh, I think this whole world's coming to a head. I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're destroying it, and I think it's it's concern. It's a concern to some of these uh, beings from the cosmos, or because they're probably here too. Yeah. Like a lot of them live under the water, uh, in their own environment, and just like that mm-hmm. tic tac uh, that you've seen in the navy. Commander Favor, yeah, you know, Favor, yeah, you know, right. what yeah. he filmed. You know, if, that, if you think about it too, <laughs> this is in the physics again, but how time works. Time as we perceive it, day after day, linear time doesn't really exist. Right. If you get into space, I mean, it doesn't exist like it does in the universe. You shoot out in the space. I wrote about this in my quantum book. Uh, if you could go as fast as these things are going, which is really pretty fast. Um, you get out into space, and you're going to go. You could probably get across the uh, this galaxy in just a week, mm. and then you come back here, and maybe thousands of years have passed. Yeah, crazy. Well, that's weird. But then also, you get out into space. I think I wrote about this. One week traveling at uh, the speed of 99 percent of the speed of light, you will have passed 227 years on Earth when you come back. God damn. I want or establish this. <laughs> yeah, I read. There's a really great book called uh, "Time Travel in Einstein's Universe," and uh, I'll Google who the author of this book is. And it was one of those that, like, I, I was like, I understood all of this stuff as it was being explained <laughs> to me in the book in the moment, and I was like, yeah. "Whoa, I get it!" And then, like. As soon as I was done, it fell out of my brain so fast. <laughs> I'm like, I can't hold on to it. It's too I much for it. me. That's so but, important to. But that's it, so important to have those moments, man. You know, just thinking about uh, deep shit like that, like time, like it can, it can just send you down the perfect place in your imagination, and you know. Einstein but said, "Imagination is, is more important than knowledge." You know, it is fascinating. I never really thought about the time leaps that these entities might be experiencing if they're coming in and out of our, you know, oh, solar yeah. system or right, coming yeah. in and out of our atmosphere. Yeah. From, and when you know, they can just all of a sudden, away. in a flash, 
be gone. And so I said, it went away so fast. And by the way, the Bigfoot I saw, that I, the one night that I saw yes. in 74, Let's it was talk going about so fast, it was just moving right through those trees. You could tell it was a human-like form, but it was huge. And it was going down to where the other two were. The, the, we think, I think it was a female and an adolescent. Because you heard a big samurai cry behind me, and then wham, there it goes shooting through the trees, wow. and and down to where the other two were. I think it sounds like the well, it sounds to me like this. Is my my thoughts on it anyway. The mother and the the young one. The young one was getting a little too bold, and the mother was coming down on it. And I got mm. that actually. That's on one of the sound bites in my that you can download out of my book. And you can hear the little voice <laughs> crying in the background, and then the coming down wow. on, on it. But, I think probably the young ones are curious. I was going to say this about when they are in our dimension, they have a, a baby like like they obviously do. Uh, I think that young one has to stay in our dimension until he learns the three-dimensional rules. Whoa, when, when, that's I cool. love that. I love when they're that. In, when they're in our dimension, they, they live by yeah. our laws. And you can, yeah. you, know, you can shoot them. You, they, they poop. They eat. They do everything we do. Well, and they maybe go, they haven't developed the ability, you know, if they're to, born to over here. Yet. Maybe they're coming over here to, okay. like, have, have their own babies. This. I yeah, love yeah. this. Well, I knows? love this idea because the, I've the Earth is their people. nursery. The forest is the big <laughs> no, dude, nursery. It's, it, dude, it's their trial by fire. It's their initiation rites. I've heard of people like, you know, all these road crossings that so many people experience like a Bigfoot. I've, I've heard people say, perhaps this is just some type of initiation into, like, a young adulthood. Like, you got to cross uh-huh. the road, man, but right, <laughs> right in front of a car. Do it! Do it! <laughs> you got a toy with these guys yeah yeah you gotta earn your stripes you know i do like the idea that like most of the bigfoots that we're dealing with here are teenagers you know that's like (laughs) the adults are all the ones that are like wise and in the other dimension and they're just like catching up to their parents and this is maybe a good segue you know one thing I kind of got from your story, Ron, is just like it seemed like there was sort of a, a symbiotic trust between your hunting group and these this family group of Bigfoot. It seemed like there was you guys were both getting something from this relationship and there was a trust that was established. And then, you know, there was that stark in your book when when you guys had to protect yourself from a bear. It's sort of that's when all the activity uh, decreased. Can you talk about maybe that relationship that that might have been established yeah, right. with these things? Well, I think you're right. I don't. We don't know, but they did not eat us. Some of those sounds we first started recording, first encountered up there, were very aggressive. And I tell people, I don't know if they were looking for the salt and pepper to put on us, or if they were, you know, oh, what man. they were doing. But they were. I think now, in retrospect, they were arguing amongst themselves over the food that we left out, or if they should mess with us anymore. Mm. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, there was a trust relationship because we didn't shoot at them. We didn't want to shoot at them, and uh, we would have. I mean, we're we're ready. <laughs> if it came in that shelter, believe me, I'd have been deaf by now. Right, right. Uh, or I wouldn't be here, one or the other. Uh, but we didn't shoot at them. They kept coming back. Uh, we thought it was for the food, but I think it was more curiosity. Or maybe they were trying to do something with us because that sound when I was communicating with them outside, and I was trying to mimic them. Uh, that was in 1974. That's when I got a glimpse of one run to the trees I just talked about. I was recording at the time. So uh, I think they were trying to tell me something. I have no idea what it was, but you can definitely, it sounds like a question yeah. that was being asked to me. The inflection on the on the sentence was very uh, like a question. Yeah. And I, I, I think they're trying to 
they were trying to communicate with us. And the cryptolinguist, Scott Nelson, said that the same vocal mechanism did both from 71, 72, and the ones in 74 that I recorded that night, even though it sounds different. And he said, but he thinks they slowed their vocalizations down to something that maybe we could understand. Because they do chatter really fast, very rapidly. By the way, that was uh, mentioned in the John Green's book, Apes Among Us, when he mm. interviewed Albert Osman. Uh, right. Albert Osman said they were chattering amongst themselves. Right. Was, uh, That's right. Yeah. Male, yeah. female, and two adolescents, and they were chattering amongst themselves. So what was happening with us up there wasn't new. It just, we, we recorded it, so it got me here tonight with you guys. Amazing. <laughs> just, so, man, it's so trippy was to think it, that you might have been, oh, sorry, go ahead, Michael. I just want to say, what was it like, that first moment <laughs> yeah. when you started hearing those sounds and you're like, okay something is going on here. What was that experience like? Because that must have been profound. Exhilarating. I mean, you're, you're just, uh, it's, it's out of this world, mm-hmm. so to speak. No pun intended, but it just, uh, <laughs> uh, you, you can't help but be concerned because you still don't know. You're sitting there with the guns in your hand waiting for the walls to crash through. Hmm. You don't know, and, and but we didn't shoot, but at the same note, you, I didn't have the fear that most people think I, like like the one guy had. If you have fear, I think that's your enemy, and that's your only enemy here on this yeah. earth is your fear. If you can control your fear, you're going to be you can be okay through just about anything. Mm. And fear is is one thing that is that's that's the other mind that you got. You can't serve two masters. You're going to serve your fear. <laughs> or, yeah. Or the intuition that you have when you, because uh, let's get in a little deeper here. Are you ready? Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Your heart has a brain. Your mind has a pineal gland, right? Um, your your heart does have a mind. And you get that gut feeling something should be over there. Or you get a gut feeling that someone's going to call you and it happens. That's, that's the intuition that we have that we haven't really learned how to develop. But mm. if you can get your heart in coherence with your brain, the outside brain, the ones doing the thinking right now, that's the beta state that we're in. You get that rhythm going so that it's in sync with each other. Then your heart will tell your brain what to do. It's just a matter of your brain being synced with your heart. So it's important that you, you go by your instincts because we've been giving that. I think the receptor is our pineal gland. It's the third eye. Uh, you've heard, read about it, I'm sure, and know about oh, yeah. it and heard it. And it's the eye of Horus, which really that will... That's the receptor. It's it's coated with uh, crystallite uh, substance, and if you can decalcify that with your diet and with your meditation, just clear it up. You'll be more intuitive. The more intuitive you get, the more that those feelings will come into the side of you. Your gut feeling will tell you to go right when your your brain up here might tell you to go left, but if you go left, you're going to get hit. You go right, you might you're going to be the right place. You just got to mm-hmm. do what your heart says and, and get the get that coherence going. But you do that through meditation and get your chakras balanced. And this puts all these things together, in my mind anyway. And I love that work- you went up into the mountains to hear some weird sounds, and it just sent you on this spiritual path for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, man, I love that. Well, you know, I'm pushing 80. I'll be 80 this year. And uh, I just uh, I don't care what people talk or what they say or what they think. They can call me a woo-woo or whatever they want. But if they call me a woo-woo, that's put me right in the same boat with Tesla and Einstein. I don't mind that at all. No, that's but good I'm not company. a Tesla. I'm not an Einstein. I'm just a guy out here 
looking outside the box. And that. we've all been trained in this paradigm that we've developed for ourselves. And you just got to get out of that box and stop stop believing everything the government tells you is true and everything that you read is true. No, read it for your, get the feeling for yourself because that's what's going to lead you into everything that's right. Ron, I want to, I want to follow up with, with Michael's question. Would you say that, is it fair to say that these interactions sort of led you on this, this journey that you've been on ever since uh, this, this path of searching for answers and stuff and, and has it been a good thing? In other words, uh, any regrets about these interactions with these creatures up in the in the Sierra Nevadas? No, it's been the highlight of my hmm. my being. I think that's what I'm here for. Yeah, uh, I, I had that happen to us. We all did uh, up there, and uh, some of us are still around to talk about it, but they don't. I do, and they just leave it up to me to talk about it. Uh, it's it's led me in a, a good field, I think, because it has taken me to this. It brings. My, my religious bringing up and my biblical knowledge, my ancient text knowledge uh, combines with the quantum physics so well. Yeah, it's just like right. they're the same. And that's, that's what gets right into Tesla. When I read that, what Tesla said about what well, one man calls God and then calls quantum physics, you know, I it's love that compatible. because, okay, there I yeah. am. There you are. Then you got Einstein says, uh, what do you say about, uh, yeah, science and religion. I forgot I'm going to have a. But anyway, Einstein says the same thing. So they was into the Veda, the the, uh, ancient texts, and uh, they knew there's more going on because they were physicists. Yeah, uh, they were looking for it. When was the last time you were up in that area in the High Sierras? When was the last time you heard these sounds? uh, Well, the last time I was up there was in 2018 with David Pilates doing the film. Right, okay. Uh, But the last time I heard them, actually heard them, was in 2011. And I was up there, and I heard the chatter. I had something walking around my little tent. I was, <laughs> I went up there by myself, which I shouldn't. I had a guy lined up to go with me, one of the heirs of, of one of the men that used to go up there, and he backed out the last minute. So I, I Scott Nelson, and I've been up there three times that summer. I was in good shape. I'm just going to go on in. I've been up there by myself before. It's not fun at all because you got no one to look over your shoulder. Yeah. And when you hear a sound, you you want to make sure you write it down or record or something because you're not going to believe yourself later. And so I'm up there by myself in 2011. And I set up this little tent. Uh, mosquitoes were horrible. And I write about this in, in my uh, Voice in the Wilderness book. It's the last encounter that I had. I think it's called 40, 40 Years in the Wilderness or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, I heard this big, I was in the tent reading, trying to get away from mosquitoes. So I just had a book and was reading. And bam, right outside the tent, this big old wood knock. I call it a wood wow. knock in my book. But now that I think I'm just not so sure it was a wood knock. It might have been just some other kind of power energy source. So anyway, mm-hmm. I sit there because that's what they do. They'll break a big limb or they'll pop something or something will happen like that. Then you know it's not a natural sound from some bear or some Mm-mm. some something else. But then I opened my tent up. I, it's still daylight. I go out there and mosquitoes are still bad. So I'm waving this flag. Maybe they thought I was surrendering. I'm not sure. <laughs> Mosquitoes we got him finally finally and i started i started talking to him. i started talking to him i'm all by myself except for them all by myself i'm waving this uh, white towel around my face trying to keep mosquitoes. and uh just saying hey come out i want to talk to you i want to be friends i want to know more about you let me reveal yourself to me and just went on like that for a while and started getting dark so i thought i'm getting back in the tent <laughs> yeah you don't want them coming out I try to control my fear, but I got to tell you that might have scared me if it came out. Uh, I, I would hope it didn't. But anyway, uh, I got back in the tent and uh, 
had my tape recorder already. I had it all set for a recording. I had a brand new lithium battery. I checked it out. Everything's going right. 10 o'clock that night, it's dark. I hear this chattering going on. And this Bigfoot chattering, I recognize it. And then, bam, something hit my little little barrel we had out there that we'd carried mm-hmm. up years ago and put in trash in now. And uh, something hit it. And I hear this bipedal walking around right outside my tent there. That'll pucker you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you hear, you yeah. hear this breathing, you know, right next to your tent. For a couple weeks. And you're going to do an okay, eight-year-old boy so pulling the covers I'm over trying to, I'm trying to get my recorder going, you know, and it, <laughs> the battery's dead. Brand new lithium battery. Wow. Room. And now now I know, you know, I think a lot of people, Scott Nelson had trouble with his batteries up there that go dead. Al Berry had trouble with his batteries. He, he said uh, he thought he'd put it off to the cold, which may was may have been, but there's a lot, there's something going on with the energy in these things. I think they suck the energy out of different things or yeah. they can somehow keep you from doing what you want to do. And uh, anyway, I couldn't record anything that went on. I just sit there till all of a sudden it just, it just went away, whatever it was. Wow. I think they were leaving, waiting. For, I think I should have left some food or something out because I went up there with three days worth of power bars, you know, and I, I should have left one out for them or something because they may have been looking for food. I don't know. Hmm. But four o'clock that morning, because I, I didn't sleep, I got to tell you, I didn't sleep a lot that night. But four o'clock that morning, I heard these metallic sounds right outside, right outside my tent, just a few feet away. I have yeah, no idea. Yeah. They weren't like cans. It was, it was electrical type. I couldn't even explain it. Weird. Couldn't record it. Uh, nothing would work. So I thought, whoa, because nothing had happened when Scott Nelson and I was up there earlier that summer. At least nothing definitive. You know, things happen, but you got. I got to have more than just a little something. I got to have more to know that to be able to say that it, you know, it was these beings. So I thought, uh, like I said, I went up there with three days worth of supplies and I, I got up that morning soon as the sun come up and I rolled up that little tent. The shelter's down now, you know, and, uh, we had to take it down in 2015. Uh, mm. it was up, but it was moldy and old and it was ready to be come down anyway. Uh, and I left. And uh, so my question had been answered. They are still around. Man. That was 2011. Did you get a sense at all in any of these trips where you would go back that they recognized you? That they were oh, like, abs- oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. In fact, I, I, I know that for a fact. In 1974, when we went in, when I recorded that sound, there's a whole chapter on that in, in my book, Voices of the Wilderness, where we went left the trail. I found this track on the trail. We got into this, the area uh, a couple hours later. They had already gotten there before we did. So they knew who we were and where we were going. They probably watched us pack the mules and, and got us in, uh, got there before we did. I know that for a fact because when we, after the interaction went off that night and we stopped, we decided to go in the shelter. We went in. Bill had dropped the lens cover off his rifle, and he didn't know it. But next morning when we opened the door and got come out, I seen the track right there just to the right of the door. The lens cover was hanging on it. Mm. So that means wow. the track was made before the lens cover. And then later we noticed on the top of the shelter, which we had just put new fresh alder on it earlier that year, it was all that alder had dried up by then, but there was some fresh alder laid up there. We found over by the spring where it had been twisted off and so they twisted the alder off, put it up on the shelter, 
and they had been there. So that was all that night I was recording in my second CD, uh, the interaction that I had. And uh, so I know that they know who we are. Uh, Michael, when are we going up and making a a, a fort in the woods somewhere? (laughs) (laughs) When is our turn, man? Come on. (laughs) I don't know, man. I have a feeling we won't be coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rob, I, eat you. Yeah. yeah, listen, man, I got to say, this has been such a treat. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure our audience is really just going to enjoy the hell out of this. It's so um, it's so great to hear this from your perspective and, and, and this journey, this incredible journey that you've been sent on. And, and you know what? We have a lot of these ideas that we toss around, too. So you're you're in great company, man. And, and we just want to <laughs> thank you. And, and uh, we appreciate you, Ron. Well, yeah, I really, thank uh, you much so much. I, I appreciate you having me on tonight. It's, it's a lot of fun. I I like to talk about it. it's all I do nowadays is talk about this stuff and either conferences or on uh, programs like yours. So, man, thank, Bryce, thank I can't wait till we're eighty and we just. This, I mean, we're already talking a lot about it, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be a wizard. I'm going to talk about this stuff. I don't care. It's, it must be oh, amazing. It's a great uh, journey. It's a great journey. W- Ron, where can people get your books? Where they where can they listen to these? Um, why don't you direct our listeners to where they can find your work? My website is the best place to uh, download them or order them. Uh, it's uh, Ron Morehead, M O R E H E A D dot com. Great. And, uh, and that we'll, or Bigfoot we'll, Sounds gets you either one of them gets you that site. Awesome. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. So you club scouts out there who want to check this stuff out. And I recommend it. And if you haven't listened to the episode that Bryce did, check that out. We hope we did it justice, uh, Ron, in, you know, 45 minutes. But uh, um, definitely check that out because we have some of the some of the sound snippets there. But really, there's so much more that you can check out. So I know I'll I'll definitely be especially after this conversation, be getting into that and reading yeah, your one books thing, and one thing that's great about it. Ron's book voices in the wilderness is you're reading the story. It has the CD prompts, the noise prompts, which are downloadable. So you can hear these sounds as you're going through the story in the book. It's, it's a great way to experience all that those, uh, that those guys experienced up there in real time. So cool. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks again, Ron. Uh, we all really right. appreciate it. And we hope to talk to you again some other time. Well, thank you. Look forward to it. Okay. You guys take care. Good night. Thanks. You too. Dude, what a great conversation that was. I did not think we were going to get to alien hybrids so fast, but we did. And I'm (laughs) glad that's where we got. Yeah, man. You got to talk about this stuff, man. This is why we're here. Well, of course, you're going to experience that and spend the rest of your life trying to figure out what the fuck that was. You know There's what no I mean? Doubt about it. Yeah, you cannot go through something like that in the fucking woods and be like, "Well, now I'm just going to go about my week." <laughs> you know, like, no, you're going on a, you're going down the rabbit hole. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The thing that I really like about this conversation too is when we, when you get a chance to talk to somebody who's had this type of experience. And I think, you know, I think we're going to do more, definitely do more of these. I'll just say. I like these. Yeah. You really feel like, well, no one who was hoaxing this stuff just to sell some books would say this is the highlight of my being. You know what I mean? Because this, you really can tell that this had a profound effect on his life. And there's no doubt about it. You know, it's, it's, um, 
and and he doesn't have any ideas that are any weirder than anything that we've come up with on this show, you know? Well, no, you know, look, you make it, you make a great point, right? It's like, obviously, um, you know, having an encounter and we sort of touched on it, like being up there. And if you put yourself there, like <laughs> you're communicating with what the missing link for the first time, who gets to do that? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking life changing. And, uh, you know, I just think it's uh, it's incredible that, you know, he's – here's the thing about Ron. I think, you know, he's a very scientific-minded guy, and I like that, right? Always having one foot in, in, in the world of science is such a great thing. Um, and I think he's right, which is probably what led him to write that book, Quantum Bigfoot, because there's so much that we don't understand about uh, the rules of physics, you know? And, I do – I yeah. No, and I do love the cover of that book because it's like Bigfoot looking like he's a member of the Justice League. He's got oh, yeah. like <laughs> he's got like quantum powers, and he's like floating no, no in doubt the air. About it. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Why isn't Quantum Bigfoot like a, a a DC comic book character that needs? Dude, to I don't know because they'd have to get to Ron to do that. But yeah, you're yeah. totally right. That how is that not a fucking character? <laughs> it's all black shadowy too. That's so. It's awesome. great. It's awesome. Um, it just flings out woods. <laughs> <laughs> Big branches. Ah. Yeah. Uh great. Well, uh, we want to thank Ron again for joining us. We want to thank you guys for listening. Bryce, before we go, do you have anything you want to plug? You know what? How about this? Here's some more Bigfoot news. Expedition Bigfoot season three will be premiering on March 30th. So Get ready for that. Did I say that right? Shit, is that the right? Yeah, date? it was. I saw it in your post. It was <laughs> March thirtieth. I gotta check my Instagram. No, you're yeah, good. It's right. March thirtieth. Okay. It was right. I remember March twentieth. March twentieth. Oh 20th. shit! Okay, I was yeah. wrong. Don't Jesus. listen to me. It's not oh, my show. I, How yeah, dare no, I, you? <laughs> yes, a season three will be premiering March twentieth. Uh, you were just so thinking season three, and so you thought thirty <laughs> instead of twenty. That's what, I that's, my that's mind what your mind did. I'm still thinking about Ron's interview. Um, so yes, check that out. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to see it. Uh, it's really going to be a great season. So much, so many surprises in store. Great. Um, I have something to announce, but not just yet. But I, uh, probably next week, I'm going to make an announcement. Uh, so there's a little tease for you. Um, and I know that Riley's new Spindrift album is now available for digital download, I believe, because I saw him post about it on Instagram. Oh, awesome. So um, if you're looking for a hard copy, because we got people writing into us asking if they were still available, I know if you go to alternativetentacles.com, go to releases, the new Spindrift album is under there. So definitely check that out. Either get a hard copy, get a vinyl copy, or get a digital copy. Um, get get support Spindrift. Support your 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 dear friend at Peace Drone, Riley Bray, uh, yeah, and, and pick up a copy of that album. Well, and it's some um, class, dude. I just love their sound. It's like a psychedelic western. It's such a just yeah. a chill vibe. Uh, with a little bit of a little bit of honky tonk confusion, I love it. I can't exactly. I can't yeah, you didn't get any Riley music this episode, so go get that new Spindrift album. Uh, he'll be back next week. Don't worry about that, and so will we. Until then, dear Club Scouts, good night, and go get regressed.
Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.